Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, we're speculating on the lay of the land in the Big 12 Conference this season. And also, do you hear the sound? The bell tolls for thee, Pac-12. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and you're going to get a free custom tumbler with every order at birddogs.com slash locked on college. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be back with you once again. Spent a lot of time yesterday, Chris, talking Red Raiders specifically, and that was for good reason because we had a lot of good news to get into after the recruiting hall that was the weekend for Joey McGuire and company. But that wasn't the only news emerging from the weekend. And this actually seemed like it could be tied to some movement in the near future. We're going to get into a realignment roundup to kick off the show here today. We'll get into some San Diego State. We'll get into some SMU. We'll get into Pac-12 projections now at long last, finally being reported. But, Chris, why don't we set the table with this? I'd love to go back to the Marshawn and Uran podcast, Sports Business Journal guys, New York Post, Sports Media guy. One of the better podcasts, probably the best podcast in the country, if you're interested in these kinds of things. And just to set the table for Big 12, Pac-12 type of expectation, as we sit here at this hour on June 21st, still waiting for a deal to emerge. So here's some of the context before we dive into the deep end of this pool. Here is Andrew Marshawn. Look, if we can go down all of them, ESPN, unlikely. Amazon, unlikely. CBS, no. NBC USA, no. Uh, Fox, no. Okay, those are the biggest players. Then you get an Apple. They're a little bit of a wild card. I'm not sure if ESPN's a no. They're just sort of not a yes for a big package and a, and a, and a big payment. Okay, I, I, I'd be very surprised if they got the same as the Big 12 from ESPN. So it seems like Nothing out there to suggest similarity, Chris, between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. You just heard it right there, and you're hearing the list of networks that are not going uh, to be involved. I don't know if that's shocking to you or not, but look, we've been waiting for rubber to meet the road, and here we are late June, buddy, and those tires are squealing in Pac-12 country, I think, right now. Yeah, you you know, and I I think uh, because I I, I think we go back to last week, and – you know, when, when San Diego State, you, you see the report, I'm thinking, okay, now the, here's some real news. Like, we're, we're going to have movement. And um, it, it appears that San Diego State kind of, I don't know, mismanaged or miss, uh, I don't know, maybe overplayed their hand a bit on, hey, can we just, like, have a month to think about this and kind of ease out of the Mountain West and – and all that. And, you know, anytime you have to send a letter to clarify your original letter, somebody screwed up. And it was kind of like <laughs> the, it was kind of like the, uh, the first letter was the unofficial official exit letter, you know? And so I think the Mountain West were like, they just skipped to the end and like, okay, we, we know wh- which way this is going to go. We, we get it. So I don't know where really where that stands, but it all 
it all relates to the the Pac-12. San Diego State must have felt or must feel like they've got uh, a seat at the table at the uh, at the Pac-12 or the Big 12. And I don't believe, I mean, based on the reporting, I don't believe that the Big 12 is really heavily in play with San Diego State. I think there's been conversations. I think they've kicked the tires there. I think that. Uh, you know, I've had conversations with people that are aware of San Diego State situation going back to six months to a year ago, well before the, the their their title game uh, appearance and and all that with the the basketball uh, this past March. And and but but it but it goes back to the Pac-12 and what you hear from that that clip right there is that. There are there are people out there speculating, and this isn't new, but it, there are people you know re-reporting it, uh, and and then you hear folks that are in the industry, like Andrew Marchand, who who has a really good feel for sports business, and he's telling you these are the networks that are out, and or or highly unlikely, or if they are in, they're they're in it at a, at a minimal, you know fee or whatever yeah and and he's going through the main players and so what you're what you're starting to hear is that the 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 20 to 25 million maybe per school is about as good as you're going to do but i would even say that even with that a lot of that would you know your programming would not be on your your regular linear you know platform it would be you know a lot of it would be streamed and all that so I think that, you know, this is where I think you're starting to hear more and more about Colorado and now Arizona going, we, we can't wait any longer. We're tired of waiting. Uh, we, we are getting antsy. We're trying to put budgets together. We know about the, the University of Washington situation. We know about the Washington State situation uh, where they've, they've in a hiring freeze and, and they're cutting costs at the University of Washington. So it's just... But I thought the San Diego State thing for a minute. I thought, okay, now we now we're the ball's about to start rolling, and I'm not quite sure if that is going to begin it yet because San Diego State may have kind of I don't know, jumped the gun a bit, or or maybe they just <laughs> you know because if they knew they had a spot in one of these leagues and they were going to take it, they wouldn't have said, hey, can we just have like a month? Uh, yes you know, of grace to, to kind of yeah, extra know. time. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I think you get what I'm putting. Yeah. What do you need extra time for? Uh, <laughs> if you've already got uh, a seat somewhere, you just running late. It's hilarious uh, to think about the reality check or ego check uh, that some could get if they try to, you know, like jump out there, I guess uh, in front or make the move the earliest. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, we're going to be the domino that knocks down all the rest of the dominoes. And then you push your domino down. I'm sorry, your Aztec domino is not big enough to knock another domino down. I guess it's like, well, here we are. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> whack? Where's the whack at? I mean, they're going to start answering the phone for any conference, giving them a call because they're out there on the end of the plank. That was really interesting. And uh, if it's a misplay, it's so hard to believe, Chris. It's so hard to believe. I, I know that just in general, as I've grown older, whether it's within like uh, sports business or, you know, like whatever level of competition, college athletics, professional athletics, or just in general outside of sports. You know, as a kid, you look at like adults in nice suits and you think that they must really know something that's going on. Like they've got 
they must never miss whenever they fire their shots. Then you get older and you realize, uh, no, most are winging it entirely. And sometimes you get to the point, the guy with the nicest suit is the most insulated from reality. He's making the worst calls. He's got the worst feel for what to do when. So I don't know if you attribute some of this to just total mistake, but even with that reality just described, it's hard to believe that it's a mistake this significant given all the time you've had to kind of, you know, prepare for what your move was going to be, all the phone calls you could have made if you're San Diego State administration or leadership by this point in time. So I, until I learn otherwise or have confirmed otherwise, Chris, I'm going to assume I'm missing something and that they've got some logic that is yet to be revealed as to why that was done, because that was such a big matzo ball uh, hanging out there in the air. <laughs> but I just can't fathom that somebody would screw it up that badly. But you're exactly right. Like, how could it not be a screw-up if you had to send a second letter to clarify <laughs> what your first letter was all about? It's They're like going Nate Oates on us. Well, unfortunately, I made an unfortunate remark earlier and that's not what i remember nato uh player murder comments where he's like ah oh, you know yes. wrong place wrong time I mean, five hours later he had to release another statement yeah uh, these unfortunate remarks that were made by me you know so I, I don't know how you screw something up that badly in what would seem to be a fairly influential position of leadership at least as far as san diego state is concerned i don't know if anybody cares about san diego state but i care about dominoes falling yeah. So that's why that was really interesting. But the Pac-12 projections, Chris, woo, hoo, hoo, hoo. little frightening for those in that territory, I'd have to think. Probably not shocking, shouldn't be, if you've been paying attention. But yeah, the 22 to 25 million is one thing that is not going to cut it, not going to cut it. But I don't know if you saw the other projections rolling out afterwards, like, okay, well, what does unequal revenue sharing look like? And there are scenarios out there that are cutting everyone but Oregon and Washington down to 16 million in order just to keep it together by offering up <laughs> some cash as the ducks and huskies are passing the plate around i guess all right who wants us to stay who wants to chip in if you want so none of those numbers are tenable 22 25 16 none of that's working and you may get some extremely short-term agreement extremely short-term agreement if you just don't have another you know a pad to hop on within the pond but, Chris, those numbers don't work. I mean, that's even worse, clearly, uh, than what USC and others were experiencing, and that's why they're gone uh, prior to this. So I th those two significant pieces of movement, the actual projections being reported and the San Diego State attempted domino fall, uh, have left me a little bit bewildered, but I think still looking at the same reality, which is Pac-12 programs are not going to be making enough to survive. I keep seeing headlines from some I respect in the sports media uh, sphere at least saying exactly that i don't see how the pac-12 exists i mean that's pretty scary when you're sitting here at the end of june and that's still the general theme right because you had about i don't know eight ten months to fend off that kind of thing and they've tried their they've tried their best good effort guys but the right yeah. been on the wall the numbers have been in yeah and i'll i'll say one more thing before we move on um this isn't a prediction this is a spoiler there ain't no way schools like Arizona and Colorado will agree to unequal revenue sharing. I, I just, I don't envision that at all. Like, and they no, shouldn't. Yeah, you're right. Because that's the, as soon as anybody, this is why the big 12 changed years and years ago. And it, 
it, it, it was just basically you just kicked the can down the road. You were on borrowed time and all that. And that this is what would happen here. This is the would be absolutely the beginning of the end if anybody in that deal would agree to it. But you know, unlike a lot of those schools, you know, the the Arizonas and the Colorados, they have they have a, a legit option and they've got a bird in the hand right now, man. And that's that's thirty two <laughs> a year, thirty two a year plus. Plus the other things that come with it, the college football playoff, NCAA tournament, you know, Big 12 tournaments, uh, stuff like that. Uh, Big 12 Mexico, you know, revenue. I mean, I, you know, wh- whatever Brett, you or Mark can tap into. Um, and yeah. I, I think uh, I think that's, you know, anyway, I just when I hear the the, the whole and, and, and again, I, I don't I, I go back to th- this part like. Oregon and Washington, like they don't have any other options right now. They're the, well, I don't, I wouldn't give them unequal anything. There is exactly. no, they have no other option. Like the big 10, you know, we could talk about blue blood or big brand or however anybody wants to phrase them, but there is no invite right now to the big 10 conference. Right. Don't know if, if anyone is, is set to, to happen or, or happen soon. And so, yeah, anyway, but uh, it's, it's a bit of a mess, yeah. but uh, I thought the San Diego state thing would get the, the ball rolling. Not real sure where that fits right now, but uh, uh, I trust uh, I, I trust the sports business journal folks when they when they say money's going to be difficult to come by. Yeah, not going to be similar between the Big Twelve and the Pac yeah. Twelve, and kicking down kicking the can down the road with unequal revenue sharing is uh, a guarantee. Kicking the can down the road towards eventual destruction. I mean, your wife going to honey? We'll stay together <laughs> if I can have one boyfriend. Okay. All right. Sure. But I want to keep this thing together. Let's get you a little side piece. So you're getting, no, I don't think that's going to work. Although I never spent time in Utah. So maybe I can learn something new on my next trip there. Okay. Dead ahead. We're making a left. We're getting back to the big 12 conference, specifically Texas tech because big 12 all conference preseason ballots in hand. So some things to consider here for our guy, Big handsome, and we also have player of the year thoughts on the way as well. Could be some shocking names mentioned up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most versatile, best looking, best feeling shorts in the universe. You're used to those stiff fabrics other short makers are throwing at you, but that's not what you're getting with Bird Dogs. You're getting cloud knit fabric, which provides stretch without giving up fit and yes it feels as good as it sounds ah cloud knit fabric made from real organic cage-free clouds try them out today at birddogs.com slash locked on college anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeping you cool dry all day long made for all occasions because they're the most versatile shorts known to man. So check them out right now at birddogs.com slash locked on college. And while you're there, enter in the promo code locked on college for a free custom tumbler with every order. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that you want that sculpted lower body look, but you don't have room for a squat rack. Forget the weights get with bird dogs. They're going to stretch and design to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you that sculpt you're looking for at birddogs.com slash locked on college that's birddogs.com 
slash locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always glad to have you along for the ride with Chris. I'm Casey coming to you. From west of the 100th meridian, where it's really going down. Another great day in the great state, and it's great to be a part of yours always. Uh, Chris, football just around the corner, which means there are preseason lists to be considered. This uh, Big 12 all-conference list that we got to get into here, I'm curious about because I don't know, aside from just maybe some logo choices and things like that, I don't know that some of these answers are going to be that obvious as you look across the league heading into 2023, of course, we'll localize it with some Texas Tech names that could be involved or maybe just on the cusp. But I think it seems like probably, at least just given human nature, everybody's kind of got their own methodology, I suppose, as to how they want to come up with what their ballot is going to look like uh, that we could see eventually represented on that list. So how do you typically approach this when uh, trying to make some of these selections and you balance you know, what have you already done? What's your potential like? Do you really lean to one side or the other, or, or how do you look at it? You know, uh, we, we got the uh, – I got an email last week about uh, the, the Big 12 preseason stuff, like you mentioned, and it's just it, – it's a ballot, you know, and you fill out first team, you fill out offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and and one through 14 in, in predicted order of finish. And – most people that get this email, they they won't fill it out, or they'll they'll fill it out with um, without a lot of thought. There'll be some people that really think about it quite a bit, um, and and so you never really look. It, it's a it's a talking point. I think it it leads us to this conversation here, and like as you as you look at the blank piece of paper, okay, go and what what do you what do you, what do you do uh, with it? Uh, and so for, for our conversation here, just we'll, we'll talk about the one through the 14 in predicted order of finish. Uh, there, there's a few takeaways that I have, and but but placing these teams in order is a bit it's a bit tricky. And at some point you just kind of go, who's first, who's last, who's bottom half, who's top half, and you kind of start to try to sort it out and kind of work your way. But you know, the I think in the last several years, I mean, you have like teams that were predicted seventh and eighth that have played and won the big 12 title. Like I think Baylor was like that. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I I don't remember what TCU was picked uh, last year. They didn't win it obviously, but you know, Kansas state won it. So it's just like, these are exercises that often when you look back on it, like, Whoa, everybody missed that one. But you you only know what you know (laughs) to this point. And there'll be injuries that alter the course of a season, a coach getting fired uh, in the middle of the season altered. I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics that you just don't envision. 
as I looked at the poll, though, uh, to, to be brief here and, and to fill it out, Kansas State, to me, has earned and deserves the right to be at the number one spot. And, and here's why I feel that way. You're going to hear a lot of Texas. I think you'll hear some Oklahoma. I think you may hear some TCU still. You're going to hear certainly hear some Texas Tech. Kansas State, though, one, I can't, I can't, in 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 any thought process I have, I can in no way put Texas Tech ahead of Kansas State in any poll uh, going into the season. You can't beat Kansas State. You've struggled mightily against Kansas State. Kansas State owns you. It doesn't matter where these games are played. Uh, it, it's just it's it's been mind boggling. They just uh, are where you would like to be. And so, you know, if there was any any trying to break a tie there, okay, I mean, head-to-head and, and, and all that stuff. But Kansas State, obviously, is the reigning Big 12 champs. They have all five starters back on their offensive line. They have the quarterback back that started the last seven or eight games that a lot of people are, are fans of. Yes, they lost Deuce Vaughn, but they got, I think, a 1,000-yard rusher out of Florida State for, via the portal that is supposed to, you know, he, he could end up being like kind of Big 12 newcomer of the year type guy. And I trust Chris Kleiman, man. I mean, he's earned that. Yeah. Uh, they, they are consistent. They win. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league based on what he's done. And he's got hardware to prove it. Yeah, I mean, Bama boat raced him uh, in the last game that we all saw uh, in, in one of those New Year's Six games and all that. But I just think they're steady. They're solid. They're fundamentally sound. They've got a lot of pieces back, yeah, and they replace a big-time pass rusher. They think the, the draft pick by the Chiefs, and, and replacing Deuce Vaughn is no easy task. Uh, but they've got uh, you know Philip Brooks back anyway. So that that to me, that that that's who I, I would go with at one. Last place, which you know typically used to be just you just pencil in your pen, uh, Kansas. I think I may put uh, West Virginia there. Uh, mm. you know, or, or Cincinnati. I think those are the two, which they're in close proximity with each other, but those are the two I have the most questions about that I think have, uh, you know, one is a new coach. Neil, Neil is a coach that's been there for a while, but it's just like they've had a hard time holding on to staff. Graham Harrell left. I don't think they have an answer at quarterback. I don't think they're going to be very – dynamic or explosive they have a brutal non-conference schedule uh and so that doesn't have anything to do with the conference uh finish or anything like that for purposes of this conversation but um you know but i would have texas tech i would have them you know no lower than than fourth on on, out of 14 i think that oklahoma is going to get a lot of credit here and they should and here's why their schedule sucks. <laughs> I mean, yep. and so when you look at conference finish, they might not necessarily be as good, but they have arguably the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the league, statistically and otherwise. And I think that with their schedule, I think that equals more wins than not. And so I would have them at the at the top half of this league for sure. Um, and then, and then you get into okay, is it? Do, do you really? Do you buy the Texas hype? Do you do you do you think TCU is going to take a a step back? But that's kind of my that's my top five right there in, in somewhere. But I, I think I would have Tech at either fourth or higher. Uh, and I'm not trying to hedge or anything. I'm just not sure. I haven't like looked at it, filled it out yet. I just know I would have Kansas State uh, one. 
I view Tech as having a, a fairly tough schedule, and mm -hmm. um, I think the Oklahoma point you make is really interesting also and, and on the money, and that's kind of maybe the balance you're trying to find between a, a team like that or a team like Tech that's got those types of schedules. Like, what are you going to actually do given what your schedule provides? Not necessarily so much maybe what you think they are as a team, you know, down to the minutia, but – uh, what kind of chances do you have via that schedule? And yeah, you'd have to kind of like maybe the road that the Sooners would have to travel as compared to the Red Raiders. I can't disagree with the the K-State thoughts at all. I'm very curious about Texas Christian's conversation this offseason because I just, I mean, I know what the final score was in the final game, uh, but you guys saw all the games prior to that, right? Like everybody, everybody remembers all those they won <laughs> to get there. So I don't, I think they are going to be diminished perception-wise to a degree, but I, I don't know, Chris. I, I may continue to give it to them as far as preseason hype until there is a reason not to, you know? So I uh, I know that also if you don't have the University of Texas so high on your list, they won't even send you a ballot the following season, <laughs> so you're obligated uh, to do that. But eesh, there's a lot of purple at the top of my list, man. I'm not liking that too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, TCU, TCU replaced – there's nobody in the league that ha that's having to replace more. It, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Your, your your stud receiver, your quarterback uh, was a Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, was at the ceremony. You, you're you're starting running back who was a stud. Uh, two really good offensive linemen that went to the NFL. Uh, top key playmakers on defense. A couple of corners. Uh, some guys up front. I mean, they, they just. They were gutted in many ways, but they did go to the portal and they added some high-profile guys, and uh, you know they, they had they had some Bama transfers and and things like that. That, but you know their their deal may just be Chandler Morris. There, there's you know and how good he is. That there's a couple of wild cards there that I think it's really hard to try to figure out. And that's like Baylor and Oklahoma State. Um, yeah. I think I, you know, Baylor is what just barely removed from a Big Twelve championship, and then and then you know they were at one point last year when we saw them, they were okay. They're about to you know get it rolling and all that, and they just kind of you know limped to the finish line a little bit. And so I don't know what to make of them. Are they trending up? Or are they trending down? You know, and so are they holding steady? But they'll be heard from. And then Oklahoma State. And, it, and it's been a lot of turmoil there. And it, it there's this mass exodus and then influx uh, from the portal. But I, I, I remind everybody, you know, at like at, at some point in mid-October when they came back and they beat Texas, they were a top 10 team in the country. Mm -hmm. Then I think they lose, I think, four of their last five games. The wheels kind of came off. But they still have a streak of 17 years in a row where they've won seven or more games. 17 years in a row. People can make fun of the mullet and Mike Gundy all they want. Those streaks are extremely rare, especially with one guy at the helm. It's almost unicorn worthy. Like it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I mean, and so... I just would, you know, people are ready to kind of go finally go pour the dirt on them and 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 just uh, or shovel the dirt on them and kind of be done with it and like, yeah, okay, they're they're about to go back to where they came from, but they have just been the model of consistency. And there's plenty, I think there's eight or nine or even ten of those seventeen years where there's double digit wins. Now I'm not I'm not going to predict that yeah. for this year. I would just 
I would just say that be very careful about burying them on a, on a pole like this and, and treating them like an afterthought based on the consistency that they've, they've had. I mean, they've earned the right to like go, you know, Hey, they'll be heard from for sure. Well, I think you're touching on something there that uh, is a good kind of contrast or comparison. Um, when you think about Texas Christian, Texas tech, Oklahoma, the head coaching factor, because you can talk about schedule or like, what'd you lose? What did you gain personnel wise? But there are coaches out there that we also expect to get all they can. And then some out of that roster or against that schedule guys, like certainly Chris Kleiman guys like Mike Gundy. I view Dave Miranda, I think in a similar category, where is Matt Campbell? Is he still coaching the team in the league? We thought he was a pretty good coach at one point in time. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you do have Sonny Dykes, who saved nothing for year two. Just went ahead and went to the national championship game year <laughs> one. Big screw up, Sonny. But I don't know how you view him as a coach necessarily. I, I have almost no feel for Sonny Dykes other than he went to a freaking national championship game. So really good start. Now what? Joey McGuire is that same conversation without the national championship game. You had a really exciting year one. Fan base loves you. I don't yet really know what I think of you as a coach getting XXX out of this roster against this kind of schedule every year. I don't, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the YouTube comments if you, if you feel like you have a better feel. But Brent Venables, been a great assistant to the man. How are you as the man? So far, pretty damn rough. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So I think there's a, a coaching factor that we have to weigh in that also, Chris. And some guys you give the benefit of the doubt for good reason if they got – skins on the wall 17 freaking years of this many wins and premier bowl games conference championship whatever it might be and then some you're out there kind of wondering like man i don't know if it doesn't set up well for them i don't expect that coach to you know take them anywhere that uh anybody else wouldn't but it's kind of interesting to think about those three i think i just named specifically mcguire dykes venables a lot of attention venables for a different reason you're the head coach at oklahoma so obviously you're gonna have a lot of attention but sonny dykes got attention for obvious reasons and the buzz around Joey McGuire for some obvious reasons. But what can you do the next time around? Because if it's going well, the buzz and the vibe, that can all disappear immediately. And in the Venables case, it's been going poorly. But you could turn that around pretty quickly with an advantageous schedule. So we'll know more about those guys I mentioned, obviously, with another year in the books. But I think there's still some unknown as far as wanting to just give them the benefit of the doubt. Those are the guys under headsets. And we're talking about teams in general. But... Let's get to some personnel, Chris, because I'm really interested in some of these individual mentions as far as uh, you said there. You'll have some first team, second team, that kind of stuff, but you also have offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. I think we get like some get some freshman or newcomer type stuff. Uh, either way, player of the year conversation has already been pretty interesting as far as some of the names that have been mentioned, including some we're familiar with. Uh, Chris, but I'm curious from, let's just say an offensive player of the year. Is there an obvious answer for you or you having to think about it? Maybe a handful of guys, let's just say an offensive player of the year. Is there an obvious answer for you or you having to think about it? Maybe a handful of guys. I, there, there, to me, there's not an obvious answer. I think you just kind of have to, you know, s spin the wheel a little bit and then pick one, or you just have a, if you have a strong belief, but I think you can make arguments for, for several guys. And then, some people are going to project a bit and they're going to go, this is what I think will happen. And so they're going to, and people go, okay, well, I, I can see that. But again, it, it's kind of, a, you're, you're taking a chance. There is no, 
I mean, statistically, Dylan Gabriel had the best year, and he's the quarterback. There is no – I mean, if you wanted to talk something other than a quarterback, I mean, Richard Reese at Baylor was really good last year. I don't know if he's the if he's preseason offensive player of the year good statistically. I don't think there's a receiver out there. So I do think this will end up being a quarterback. Uh, and and I, I think, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels at Kansas would, would probably get a lot of – it's crazy to say that, uh, but his numbers suggest that when he was healthy and they were undefeated and – and all that, I think he he is he is electric. Uh, I think he's he's a really good player. But some may some may say, well, he didn't stay healthy. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's got enough around him. I don't know if he, he he's got uh, you know going to have statistically the best year. I've heard conversations about Tyler Shuck as it relates to this. Like again, that's a bit of a projection from somebody. Somebody going, I think Texas Tech will have a really good year. I think Shuck will stay healthy. I think he'll have the numbers to prove it. And so, you know, I've, I've heard those conversations as well. I've even heard some Alan Bowman uh, off the radar kind of as player of the year. One of the oldest quarterbacks in the country, uh, you know, based on the consistency we were talking about. He's got a really good uh, receiver that he can throw to there at Oklahoma State. And, and again, we, we've talked about how consistent they are. They've got a bit of an easier schedule as well. Uh, I don't want to forget that. And in in the conversations about Oklahoma State, don't forget that. On paper, anyway, with what we think we know now, they don't – they miss some of these these tougher teams. And so there could be wins there and finishing higher in the Big 12 uh, race than you you would think based on, oh, man, they've lost everybody. It's chaotic. Uh, You know, Bowman's, you know, this or that, whatever. So, anyway, just remember that I said that. Uh, but I don't know if there's a clear cut, man. Uh, and I, I would probably tell you that in my heart of hearts, I would write down either Jalen Daniels or Dylan Gabriel, and maybe that just based on what I think will happen. Also based on, and I can't you can't eliminate this what they have done to this point. So I guess I'm gonna mesh the because I mean Gabriel's mm. statistics were really salty last year, and again he missed a a, a game or two. And Shuck outdueled him. Okay, so if you wanted to play that card uh, on me, but um, but but I think Jalen Daniels is like he's like an MVP type guy to where if they don't have him, it's it's a it's going to be a struggle. Uh, and I think he's he's really really good with his legs and arm and and all those kinds of things. So I'd probably lean to one of those two. You could even have somebody you know drop the Will Howard. Uh, you know, name on you, and I and I, yeah. I would buy that argument. We haven't even mentioned Quinn Ewers, you know, who who I think may get some some hype Thank there. God. Yeah, yeah. So he's cut his hair. He, he's <laughs> he's chiseled. Uh, he's grown up. I mean, I, all all the all the narratives that you're starting to hear. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't. I probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I've wrapped up the the conversation as much as I have kind of maybe confused everybody. Uh, but <laughs> there is no, there is no clear cut answer in my mind. But if, if you forced me to, I'm probably going Gabriel or, or Daniels. And if forced to pick there, I don't know. I'd probably need a little more time to, to, to research it and feel good about uh, what, what I would choose there. 
I think Daniels would be the guy yeah. uh, if I just had to make a, a guess or a projection um, because I think the media is just going to in general kind of like that pick better or that story better. Uh, Oklahoma stunk last year. So, you know, whatever Gabriel's statistics said, got him nowhere, uh, but disappointment. So I, I think maybe Daniels would be just because of the entertainment value, uh, the pick that we'll see come across. But Quinn Ewers did cut his hair. And if that's the leading talking point for a player, you know, he's had a damn good offseason. Uh, so he may be the pick as well. I wanted to ask you, but I think you already answered it. Uh, from a tech perspective, it is shucker bust. He needs to be your guy, right? And I know that goes in tandem with five offensive linemen and, and all that stuff, but Tyler Shug needs to be your offensive player of the year. Uh, I hope yeah. that that is something we're talking about from a Red Raider perspective. Yeah, you know, and, and like I, th- I think you're you're good, you're smart on the Daniels thing. Um, because I think there's some that will whisper to you that, you know, Dylan Gabriel could end up splitting time with Jackson Arnold uh, before all is said and done. Uh, the 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 five star freshman that that is in Norman, I think he's exceptional, and so I think he's going to get some looks, and we'll see kind of how that mm. how that looks as the season goes along. So remember that I said that, but I, I do think yeah, if, if you want to go to where you would like to go this year and contend for a Big Twelve championship, be relevant, you know. In, in into November and and hopefully into December, yeah. T- Tyler, I think, really needs to play well, be consistent, and then be available. Not that you can't win with with Baron Morton. Don't don't misunderstand that. But I think there's going to be a, a component here to where I think Shuck needs to be the the alpha, the the NFL draft pick, the. The things that you know, and I'm lo- already loving all the the organ smack uh, that that the the Duck fans are are talking about about their guy <laughs> Bo Nix, and you know they're they're dogging uh, Tyler Shuck and all that stuff. Because I mean, I, I talked to to Tyler last week. You know, I told you he was up to like I think two thirty three, uh, and he's just he, he's one of he's really fun to talk to because you feel like you don't feel like you are talking to a a college kid at all. And I think that goes a yeah. long way, and he carries a lot of weight in that locker room. Um, he is very well respected because of how he conducts himself, how he carries himself, and all that. And I just—it's just kind of fun to watch it. Uh, and and for a guy that hasn't put a full season together yet, he still has earned that respect, which should tell you a lot about uh, who, who he is and all that. And he'll bust guys' chops. I mean, he, back a few years ago, he would uh, – whenever everybody was kind of dabbling in the NIL stuff and you're coming up with your own T-shirt and everybody thinks they're going to make a million dollars on selling whatever, and then we've, we've kind of moved on from that phase, he, he would buy he would buy some of these guys' T-shirts that, that there may be only sold 10 of them, but he would buy them and wear them in the locker room and stuff just to kind of mess with guys. And, uh, and I, yeah. I it's like, but that's, that's who he is, man. That, and I, I love that. It's like, keeps it lighthearted. He, he, he kind of jabs back and, and you can jab at him and he's got, you know, anyway, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he's clearly a huge part of what you expect to do this year. I wonder if that's the new fashion line we'll see on like a Zambian children instead of, uh, <laughs> Uh, a Miami Heat, you know, NBA champion T-shirt. It's a Reggie Pearson NIL branded hoodie. Uh, 
or something like that. Yeah. I remember that was one of the lines from – I'm glad we're out of that phase. I don't know if we're ever going to be out of that phase, actually. Hey, you want to sell your T-shirts, boo-boo? I'm happy to wear one. We're looking for advertising partners 365 days a year. I got a whole wall back here to hang up all the T-shirts you want. So get at me. Get at me. All right, Chris, we got to get out of here. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. It's going to be great to be back with you once again on another round of Locked on Texas Tech. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Chris, enjoy the time as always, man. Thanks. Could be a big day today, boys. Uh, if you're out there listening, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, we shall see. Wink, wink face. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, keep hope alive. We will do it again tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be a big, uh, big, big fancy day. I don't know. We shall see. But uh... Hey, I think they're all big <laughs> if you're kind enough to join us Absolutely. here on Locked on Texas Tech. These are the biggest days yes. of our lives. So, hope you do it again tomorrow. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you then on Locked on Texas Tech.